the Saturday session cricket update. Thanks to Razine for expert paint and colour advice. Yeah, uh, yeah, we're available to play most. Sorry, that was the BCCI trying to secure the rights to my uh, my, my team. Uh, <laughs> doing quite well. This is Razine talking cricket, lovingly, affectionately known as swinging both ways, uh, alongside uh, the former. Uh, Black Cap, Mr Grant Elliott, I'm Daniel McCarty. We talk cricket, we talk the Cricket World Cup here, Grant. We've had quite a seven days since we are last on air. Uh, we were previewing uh, the hugely anticipated game between New Zealand and Pakistan. We knew it was uh, so important to both teams' chances of making it through to the semi-finals. Extraordinary game. Uh, I thought that might be hard to top. Then Glenn Maxwell uh, topped that with uh, a, a quite incredible, mind-blowing sort of individual performance against Afghanistan, a cruel blow for Afghanistan. And uh, now uh, we're on the, the precipice of knowing the semi-final lineups. It looks very, very much likely New Zealand will just pip Pakistan on net run rate, provided uh, Pakistan can beat England, of course. Uh, and, of course, uh, England, European champions, after beating the Netherlands and the other <laughs> uh, big story during the week. Um, well, let's talk about that New Zealand-Pakistan game. Extraordinary. It, yeah. It, it continued a worrying trend for the New Zealand bowlers. I think, um, you know, you go into that game and... We scored 400, but I just want to, I mean, I'm always someone that uh, I do reflect on myself and what I've said, and I said prior to this tournament, I'm really worried about, you know, any score over 300 for us, because I felt like we've got a test lineup in a way, but Rachin Ravindra has just set the world alight, and he did once again in that game. Um, he's been He's been such a dynamic player and just an amazing find for us in the and we're talking in a generation of New Zealand cricketers where I, I think we've experienced the best decade we've ever had in cricket in New Zealand in terms of the players that we're producing. So whatever we're doing, we're doing it right. Um, and to see him you know, score runs again. But you get 400 and you think, okay, well, I mean, this game's done and dusted. I, I'm pretty sure a lot of people would have just gone to bed um, and thought, oh, I'll wake up in the morning and I'll have a look at the score. But we got fuckered. We got Fakir Zaman. That's what we got. And uh, Fakir Zaman has played some innings in his, his oh, career. He is, when he gets going, wow. But like pressure innings though, you know. He, he scored a double hundred in South Africa. Um, he seems to be the fall guy for a lot of, um, uh, uh, for Pakistan. In, a, in a, lot, a lot of times when they're going badly, They'll be like, oh, who to drop? And Fakir Zaman seems to be the, the one that gets, gets dropped often. And I think with him, like when he comes back in, and he comes from a military background, so he's really got that mindset of, you know, never giving up. And you can see that. Um, some of the scores that he's got, and just looking at them, you know, he scored 180 not out um, versus New Zealand in Raul Pindi. Um, he's got 193 where he's run out versus South Africa in Johannesburg. Um, he's 138. has been a, a lean sort of, you know, trot, and then suddenly 210 versus Zimbabwe. Um, so he, he's got that in him. He really does, and he's someone that you have to be so scared of. And he, he would complement someone like Barbara Azam really nicely, and that's why I think, you know, when you've got these, these players at the top of the order, Fakir obviously opens with uh, Abdullah Shafiq in that game. But when you've got Fakir Zaman and Babar Azam, 
for those listeners who don't understand the game or the nuances of the game as much, when you've got someone who's striking the ball, the captain will spread the field because they're going, well, eventually he'll hit one and get out. And then you've got Barbarazim, who's so difficult to keep on strike, who's good at rotating the strike. So he'll hit one, one a ball, and then the odd boundary if you bowl a bad ball. So he's getting Fakhar Zaman on strike again. And it's just relentless. And as a captain, you just don't know how to stop it. You can't stop it. Sometimes you have to bring the field in. So you go, okay, well, let's bring the field in to Barbarazim in the hope that we can try and restrict him and keep him on strike to, to stop the stem uh, or, or the flow of runs here. And um, then suddenly Baba will go over the inner field or hit it through the field for boundary. So you're giving him a release. And uh, it was just the perfect storm for Pakistan. Uh, the pitch is playing well. There's obviously a little bit of rain around. Duckworth Lewis, let's not forget Stern. Everyone forgets Stern. Yeah, poor, Stern. <laughs> poor, poor Stern. He did a lot of work. He did a lot of work. He, he, he altered it down the line. You know why? That's just so that they can get the royalties, keep them going. They go, oh, we've you know reviewed it and we've brought in this guy Stern, who you know he's added a, a little bit more depth. To so it. it was an extraordinary game uh, in, in so many ways, but we've seen so many extraordinary moments uh, in the week, and, and we'll talk more about where the Black Caps are positioned. Um, other questions um, that Grant might have had about the bowling after that Pakistan game and three games in a row when they conceded close to a thousand runs have. Has that performance against Sri Lanka sort of eased his fears somewhat? But I, I can't help but bring up the timing out incident. Shakib Al Hassan um, <laughs> timed out. What did your you make captain? Um, I I don't think you ever do that in the game. Like, how badly do you want to? I mean, the, the rules. The rule is there, but the rule is there more that if someone comes in five minutes, you know, let's say the sun is going down, there's no lights there, it's a one day game, and someone's taking their time so that they can force a result to their favor. I think that that's why the rule is there. The rule is not there so when you arrive 2 minutes 10 or whatever it was, you know, that you, you, you appeal for it. I almost think that the man-cad as well, and you'll disagree with me on this, the man-cad, you should give a warning first. I think that that's the right thing to do. I'm giving you a warning. If you're out of your crease again, I'm going to man-cad you. And... Timing someone out in a World Cup was, yeah, I think it was distasteful. It's not what the game's about, um, you know, if you're just over, but the rule is there. Have you been surprised by how many prominent cricket commentators have defended him? Shakib. Yeah, and tried to lay the blame at Matthews. That, you know, quite a great, it's in the rules. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things that are in the rules, but then I think that, you know, there is a, a point as captain where you have to go, you know, it was in the rules when we played against England and Brendan McCullum was the last ball of the over and he threw the ball similar to the um, the Johnny Bairstow dismissal. And in the rules of the game, he was out. But you do have that decision to make that is this a win at all costs? And sometimes the decision, you know, like that will have a bearing on the game. Uh, so how badly do you want to win it? I, I think it was wrong, but I thought what was great is when Matthews got Shakib Al-Hassan out and then pointed to his wrist like it was a watch. So <laughs> timed out, buddy. Yeah, I, I have more of an issue with that. They couldn't make the semifinals. Why? You're only just going to heat controversy on your yeah. side. I, it just didn't make much sense to me. The, and, you know, run out of the non-strikers end. That is more seeking an unfair advantage. Yeah. I, if you're wandering out of your crease... It is to the benefit of your team, right? Just turning up late. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, very strange. Glenn Maxwell. Wow. 
What can you say? Well, for those of you that haven't seen it, the guy was cramping. He had body cramp. So he he was on one leg. He couldn't run. Um, when you, you looked at Australia, Australia were up against it. I mean, they were really, really struggling against Afghanistan. Um, Afghanistan scored 291. And Australia in reply, well, they were... 49 for 4 and then 91 for 7 when he and Pat Cummings came together. Yeah, at 91 for 7, you're turning the TV off and you're, you're going to Twitter as an Australian fan and you're going, this is a disgrace. Ship them all off home. Uh, what a disgrace. And Glenn Maxwell came in. He got 201 off just 128 balls, uh, 10 sixes, 21 fours. So that's a, 144 in, in boundaries. Um, and the next best score in the team was 24 from Mitchell Marsh off 11 balls. So, I mean, they were really up against it. But watching the highlights of Glenn Maxwell and what he did, it's one of those innings, and it happens a lot in cricket where a middle-order player comes in and they go, oh, well, you know, we're 91 for seven, chasing 291. What have I got to lose? You go out there, you play shots, and suddenly it's your day. I've seen Jacob Oram do that before. A number of occasions where the game is almost done and dusted and he just expresses himself and lets loose. Now, that's how you should play all the time. But we know Glenn Maxwell's got this in him. We know he's got it in him, but he almost tries to play a circumspect game. But that's the game there. When you can unlock that as an athlete and you haven't got a fear of failure, that's when you're expressing yourself at your best. and Because you don't worry about the result. And I think that's what we witnessed with um, a player. I mean... A lot of commentators had something to say about the timed out incident, but a lot of commentators said that this Glenn Maxwell innings was the best one-day innings they've ever seen. The absolute case to make that. Um, Whether or not it is, I don't know. I actually don't care. I I think the greatest of all time debates, and I've said this to you in the past, are absolutely reductive. You know, um, I didn't watch every ball of of 180-odd, where he got 70% of the runs. 180-odd back in those days is the equivalent of what? On these pitches, on these smaller ground, two fifty. Yeah, well, they were the equivalent of two hundred and fifty. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I, I'm actually not worried about putting a label on it. It is just, it was truly extraordinary. The fact, as you rightly point out, the guy can't move. Some of the hitting is just, just ridiculous, right? And it tells me singles are overrated, and running <laughs> and moving your feet's overrated. So all those technical coaches out there are going to be, having, you know, the heads might explode. But right. when you when you can stand still and just hit the ball, amazing. Um, you're balanced. And also, like I said, that, that mindset of nothing to lose. I've got absolutely nothing to lose here. Um, we're expected to lose this game at 91 for 7. So if you haven't seen that innings, extraordinary. Um, and that, that keeps... And innings like that gives the Australian side momentum. And they just keep hanging on. We got a text from our good friend, Christian Sizen. Um, How's the hammy, mate? The league cricketer. <laughs> in Melbourne, who's running the show there, and he just said to me, I told you, Aussie are going to win it. So he believes, um, he said, I told you show four weeks ago, we will come back, Aussie to win. So they've given them hope. And they do, they keep hanging on Australia. They keep hanging on. They started the tournament terribly, and now they're finishing it, I don't know, somehow they've hung on to the semis, and now it's looking ominous. Uh, Never trust an Australian cricketer. Um, I've been saying that for a long, long time. That is a compliment, Australia. Don't don't get your back up. Um, <laughs> the, the, their fighting um, ability is incredible. So it looks like New Zealand, India. It looks like South Africa, Australia. 
Pakistan can still make it if they beat England and Kolkata. Um, I think they need to win if they bat first by 287 runs. So if they get 400 and then bowl out England for 212, they could beat New Zealand on net run rate. Uh, that seems extraordinary, extraordinarily unlikely. And if they're not batting first, I don't know really if there is a path for them um, to get through because it's a little bit too much for my mathematical mind to take. So let's, let, you know, big asterisks. One is not confirmed, but New Zealand... Yeah, well, pretty much through. The, the bowling good enough? Our bowling. I think the problem with our bowling um, has been just consistency. You know that I'm really big on that. I always say if you play a consistent team, you've got a chance of producing consistent results. But also, there's a blueprint in it. You know, it's if you've got a combination that just works, you know, like I look at, you know, in, in test cricket, we had like, Vittori and Ian O'Brien, like bowling together. Ian O'Brien into the wind and Vittori with the wind. And it just worked. Um, you know, we had Southie and Bolt, like in the past. It's, it's a combination that works. They swing it, you know, in converse ways and hit good areas and ask questions. And Bolt might not get the wickets one day, but Southie will get the wickets the other day. But I think, you know, Matt Henry going home. Huge. Lockie Ferguson getting injured. You know, his calf is a little bit iffy. Tim Southie rocked up with a broken thumb. Trent Bolt is there for the first time in a while, hasn't been. So if we look at our combinations, the only constant is Mitch Satner, who's got 16 wickets. He's bowled well. He's in the top 10 for the tournament. Um, and then Trent Bolt, who's probably been, I think we can say maybe a little bit off. He hasn't swung the ball as much as he'd wanted to. And then Lockie Ferguson's the only other one who's who's been in there. And he, he's he's done a decent job, but hasn't, hasn't done as well as, you know, the, the counterparts uh, from, from other countries. And when you look at it, Mohamed Shami averaging seven, economy rate of 4.316 wickets. Then you've got Jasper Bumrah and um, Jadeja as well. Uh, and you look at those economy rates, 3.65 and 3.76. Um, so, you their know... Bowl, their bowling has been extraordinary at this tournament. So well yeah. balanced and you can... Joke, joke why I've picked so many in my side. There's a reason for that. Yeah. They're really, really good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that three-game, um, you know, struggle streak New Zealand had where we conceded 946 runs and 124.5 overs. Mm. Put the number, seven and a half runs and over. India, in three games, had picked up 30 wickets for 250. Yeah. yeah. And, and that, that's amazing, Grant. Absolutely amazing. We are talking cricket. This is swinging both ways with Razine for expert paint and colour advice. But the big but, and the optimism is the fact New Zealand has has been a pest in the past. Yes. We've got we've got a great historical rap sheet against them. Do you think that will be in their mind? Absolutely. I reckon like they they would have in some ways wanted Pakistan to get through. Yeah, I mean, well, the ICC would have loved well, Pakistan. Yeah, no. I wanted Pakistan to get through. No, but I'm asking from an Indian player's perspective, but what do you think on that front? Uh, I think that I don't think they'll be happy to see the black the silver fern. Yeah. They they'll be wary about it. And it'll bring the ghosts of 2019, the Martin Guptill run out. We ran um, uh, MS Dhoni out. 2021. Yeah, 2016. There, there's so many. We go back to the ghosts of um, you know their past. But the thing is, is that they're playing great cricket, India. Now, the only thing that, that can enter into your mind is what if? Like, what if we lose this in front of our home you know, crowd. Like, they're the ones, we're the underdogs here, what if massively. We lose to that tiny country, the arse of the world again. Again. And we've got we're match winners. Six. 
domestic teams. <laughs> yeah. What if we lose to them? There's 1.4 billion of us. And they have. They've lost to us often. But, you know, I've, I've said it to you before and I've said it again. It's senior players. This is a one-off game. It doesn't matter what's happened in this competition. My Warriors are bowling. And I said that Agreed. to you before the Pakistan game. We said... It's New Zealand's, and when we were chatting to Uruj, yeah. it's New Zealand's bowling versus Pakistan's batting. And unfortunately, Pakistan's batting came out on top. And I think once again, that's our batting and, New Z- and India's batting, there's parity there, I think. Well, I'm I hoping we're just we, as strong. I'm hoping we win the toss, bat first, and then get it to nibble around under lights like the Indian bowlers have done so brilliantly at this tournament um, and have them five for three. Rohit Sharma, LBW to Trent Bolt. It's going to be fascinating for sure. They do start overwhelming favourites. Don't worry about that. that. That's an absolute fact. India. Uh, this is Swinging Both Ways with Razine. Time to paint. Get a quality finish with Razine Paints. Decorating Kiwi Homes since 1946. The second of the semi-finals, Australia-South Africa. Yeah. Um, we all know South Africa have a bit of a history in semi-finals. <laughs> we all know Australia is part of that history. Um, and we know Australia rounding into pretty good form, although they had some nervy moments against Afghanistan, didn't they, batting under lights? Yeah, I mean, listen, Australia haven't had the perfect competition. I almost think that Australia have had the competition we had in 2019. They started poorly, they've struggled their way through, and they've sort of like scraped through to the semis. They haven't played the cricket they want, but what I will say about Australia is that they've been here before. Um, And that matters a lot. It doesn't. And it, the semis doesn't mean a lot to Australia. This game is not a big game for them. For South Africa, this is the biggest game yes. in their cricketing lives it's a, because they've never been to the final. Really good point. So the psychology of these two semi-finals, India, we should win this. We shouldn't lose to New Zealand. It's in our home. We want. To, they've almost got one hand on the trophy, and that's dangerous. You get complacent. You get scared of losing. And then you've got Australia who don't really like, you know, they don't probably don't deserve to be there almost. They'll feel like that. But they are. And it's a semi final, so it doesn't matter. And then you've got South Africa where this game means absolutely everything to the nation because they've never made a Cricket World Cup final. And they've actually got a, a seriously good team in this World Cup. They've been surprised. They've gone in stealth mode. Probably no one's really spoken about South Africa up until now. Hi, Joe. I hope you're doing all right, mate, listening to this. Yeah. Our friend Joe from BK. Yeah, he'll be a little <laughs> yeah. bit stressed. They'll yeah. be stressed. Hell yeah. And people will be talking about we could have two World Cups in the cabinet this year. You start talking like that, don't, because one ball at a time. The team that wins, I'll go back to Kepler Vessels. He said to me when I was 19, he said, the team that wins the game is the team that doesn't succumb to pressure. Team that succumbs to pressure first will be the one that loses the game. And that's what happens in semi-finals. It's up to the senior players in the team, um, and it can be one-off performances. The way that you need to think in a semi-final or uh, a final of, of any sporting events is I've only got one opportunity at this. I want to be the player of the match. I want to be the man of the match. I mean, a match-winning performance in a semi or a final, you only get that one chance, really. I mean, Ratchan Ravindra, like how awesome would it be beating India, scoring another 100 for Ratchan? There's just so much riding, like there's so much. If you cannot get up for an event like this as a sportsman or woman, then pack your bags and go home.
Anything we've forgotten? Um, oh, East Sodi. I think like the East Sodi call. We played East Sodi against Pakistan. I know we've had injuries with the bowling, and that's that's what I'm talking about with a combination of bowlers. Like for East Sodi to come in in such a big game. You felt for him. I felt for him. You know, he hasn't played all tournament. And suddenly he comes in. It's bowling to a left hander who's in seeing Yeah, I really did feel for him because I wanted to get him in the side early, but yeah, that hasn't quite worked. So. Let's see what our combination is. Let's hope that we've got fully fit squad. Um, and I think that our history against India has to hold us in good stead. India bat first. Let's chase them down, I reckon. Oh, chase them down? I want to chase them down. Really? I want to chase them. I want to get a big score and nick them all out. Okay. We can do it either right. way. Either way. The Grim Reaper's coming, right, Grant? Be negatively positive there. That was Swinging Both Ways, our good, long, serious look at the Cricket World Cup in association with Rosine. Time to paint, get a quality finish with Rosine Paints, decorating Kiwi homes uh, since 1946. We'll open the lines maybe a little bit later. I know a few of you might want to comment on what Grant has had to say, but we're going to talk some basketball with Casey Frank after this.